Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Something has happened to my life recently, and I'm sure many of us can actually understand and connect with it today. Um, recently, in the evening, we're going to have some visitors around for some food. So it sounds good, doesn't it? Leanne and I had a packed and a busy day ahead of us. Leanne had her things she was going to do, I had my things I was going to do. I had to leave the house at four o'clock in the afternoon to go to an important meeting. There was some work I had to do before that I left the house. And uh, yeah, so I was all set to do that. It was all going to go well. Who knows that sometimes when you plan a day, it doesn't always go as you expect. Who's experienced that, yeah? So this was one of those days. I think anything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. So everything was going well. I was, in, I was working at home that day. Everything was good. I was cracking on with some different jobs and different things I had to do. Um, and then 3.30, well, 3 o'clock hit. Now, in our house, 3 o'clock means one thing. And who knows, when I say the school run, what that could mean. That could mean one of different things. You go to collect the children from school. And uh, it never, when they return home, it's never nice and peaceful. It's never one of those occasions. It's always very much... Um, Depending on Daniel, we've got three children, Daniel, Sophia and Isabella, Daniel's the oldest, age seven, and often he's the one that's winding up the girls. And uh, so he'll come through the house and he'll be sort of, ah, hanging from the ceilings, and the girls will either be happy or they'll be crying because Daniel's teasing them. So this is going to be one of those days. So when it's three o'clock came and Liam was going to leave the house to get the children, I started thinking, goodness, I haven't got through all my to-do list, and there's still lots to do, and the kids can be back in about half an hour's time, and then it could be one of two ways. It's going to be very high energy, or it could be tears. Oh, help me, Lord, get, get me through the next few minutes. So, anyway, so I'm busy getting my work done. I'm on autopilot. And suddenly, half, half three hits, the door opens, and um, Leanne comes through the door. Does she say, hi, Dave. The kids are here. Everything's great. Everything's peaceful. Um, can I make you a coffee? No, 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 no. I would get greeted by, Dave, we've got an emergency, help. Now, that cannot mean one of two things in our house. Either it means, or maybe there's a drama queen going on. But this, so I thought I'd get out of the office, went to the top of the stairs, looked down, and I saw Sophia, and she was covered in blood. Now, before you go too shocked, you know, Sophia is a bit like I was at her age. I, my nose used to bleed at anything. If it was a hot sunny day, my, my nose would bleed. Or if I got a bit, a bit of a knock, it used to bleed. And Sophia's a little bit like that at the moment. But um, what happened is, so Daniel was doing his usual thing, walking home from school. He was sort of walking sillily. He was going like that, his arms up in the air and all that sort of stuff, you know. And Sophia was walking, head in the clouds, not knowing where she's going. She drops something on the floor. She bends down to pick it up. At which point, Daniel knees her in the nose and her nose starts to bleed. Now, one of the things you will know about Sophia is when she's in pain or when she's upset, you will know about it. In fact, the whole street will know about it. And often it's, it's, it's followed by floods and floods of tears. So I'm greeted with this. I'm, I'm getting a little bit stressed. I've got this work to do. It's now half past three. I'm greeted not just by high energy and commotion, but by blood and tears. And ah, oh. Now... Leanne's upset um, about Sophia. Do you know why she's upset? It's probably not because of the, the blood and the tears. She's worried that blood might go on the carpet. <laughs> that, 
that's my interpretation. She'll have me afterwards. So I've got to act quickly. So in our hallway, we've got a tiled floor. I grab a chair, a leather chair, so you can wipe it down quickly afterwards. That's good, isn't it? And get us, try and get Sophia to sit down. And she won't. She's crying. And who knows when you're crying, you've got water in your nose. Your blood's not going to clot. And I said, Sophia, you've got to stop crying. You've got to stop crying. You've really got to stop crying. Eventually, she stops crying. <laughs> and I get her to try and hold her head back. I think, goodness me. It's now 3.40. I've got 20 minutes. I've got to finish the work. I've got to leave the house. I'm getting pressure. I'm getting stress. Suddenly, I'm back upstairs in the office. The doorbell goes. Ding dong. Ding dong. It keeps going. keeps going. I think, is someone going to get the doorbell? And uh, eventually, um, someone beats me to the door. And it's a friend of Daniel's, who's apparently come round to play. And I'm thinking, for goodness sake, of all days, asking a friend of Daniel's to come around and play today, there's enough pressure in the house, there's enough, I've got a busy to-do list, and there's, there's been this commotion. See, Jesus, uh, Jesus, Leanne's a bit more Christ-like than me, because she was chatting on the way home from school with this Daniel's friend's mum, and they're going through a bit of a difficult situation, so she said, well, why don't you let him come to our house for a couple of hours? Um, you know, they can play together, and they can, I can cook food, give you a bit of a break. Sound good, doesn't it? Sound okay. Anyway, I thought, well, great. They're going to be out in the garden, they'll be playing. Fantastic. Trying to, it's now about sort of 10 to, I've got to get my work done. I've got to leave it at 4 o'clock, and suddenly, Dave, Dave, help, there's an emergency. Oh, I'm crying out loud. So in our garden, I keep on top of the lawn. That's the one job that I do in the garden. It's okay. I do it. I try and leave it not too long, and it's quite short. The one job I haven't done in the garden is we've got a pond. And since we've been living in the house for three years, um, the pond is just full of frogs. And it's sort of like it's got this green moss on the top of it. So Daniel's friend, who's actually about a year older than Daniel, isn't he? He's, he's playing with Daniel. And for some reason, like Sophie Page a few years ago, thought the pond was grass. So he's running. Now, I only know two people in history, to my recollection, that have walked on water. One was Jesus, and one was Peter for a few seconds. Not Kyle. No way. He's not going to do it. Kyle, it's not grass, it's water. Okay, granted, I haven't cleaned it. And so suddenly, he, he falls in this pond. He's covered not just with water. He's not just wet, but he's green, and he smells, and it's now... Dave, emergency, why? Probably because he's going to go in the house, probably, let's be honest. So now Leanne's saying, get into the shower, here's some spare clothes, etc. It's now 5-2. I'm upstairs. I'm, I'm packing up my laptop. I'm out of here. I haven't finished what I've got to do. I've got to get, I'm, go, I'm stressed. I have lost my peace. Does anyone relate to anything like that? Does anyone in life ever lose their peace? Never, never, never. I'm sure we can all appreciate and identify with losing our peace at different times. It might be a, 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 a crazy day like what I've just described. Or it might just be as simple as you might be worried about the future. It might be you've got a situation in your workplace and you, you've got a tight deadline. You're thinking, I'm worried, I'm stressed about if I'm going to hit that deadline. Maybe you, you're a student or done some exams. Maybe you've done really well with it and tried really hard. But ultimately, at the end of the day, questions you wanted to come up never came up and it, you're worried it's going to affect the rest of your life. Maybe it's in our relationships. Maybe it's our, our husband or wife or our partners, our co-workers, our neighbours, anyone. We have, might have a little disagreement. Who's ever had a little disagreement with someone? Let's be honest, never. 
We, we have little disagreements, and sometimes a little disagreement can become a big disagreement. And you know when you've disagreed with someone because you don't want to see them. You might see them coming, you might hide behind this banner here. Sometimes it's not just little disagreements, it's big disagreements. Things and different situations that cause us all to lose our peace. You know, maybe you're a Christian here today and you can identify what I'm saying. Maybe you're not yet a Christian and you're on that journey of discovering who God is. This still applies to every single one of us about losing our peace. And uh, my subject today is tied up very much with losing our peace. In fact, it goes hand in hand. Subject today is we are united. We're starting a whole series on we are, and we're going through our, our seven different values of what we are as a house, as a church, and things that we value that are important as we build the church together and we go forward. And the first one is about being united. And today I want to look at the whole thing about we are united. We can all lose our peace. But if there was a way in which you could not lose your peace or try and maintain your peace better, wouldn't you want to hear that? Wouldn't you want to hear how to hold on to your peace? Well, I'm so glad that the Bible's got different things to help us hold on to our peace. And some of this stuff isn't what you may think, okay? There's some ways that we can hold on to our peace. got this um, idea today, which is the following. Unity is expected when peace is protected. Unity is expected when peace is protected. And the Bible talks about unity and peace as being this interlocking thing. They, they can't separate peace and unity. They're actually hand in hand. They go together like a glove. Unity is expected when peace is protected. And to help us, before we go into a little reading, let's see what the Bible describes as peace. Sorry, as, as unity. There's different in the Bible, different phrases for unity. Thanks, Rob. Here on the screen. The first one is we hear the, the phrase one accord. That means to be together. We want to be together. Same place, same time, being together. Togetherness of a people. The phrase unity comes up, which means oneness. Absolute oneness. Jesus prays in John chapter 17, I pray that you would be one. Like me and the Father are one. One means in that context, not divided into parts. But one, oneness. Paul in Philippians 2 and Philippians 4 uses the phrase the same mind, which means to live in harmony. It's a bit like an orchestra. When they're playing note out of tune, things synchronize together, flow together, there's a harmony. So there's a sense of unity, oneness, oneness together physically, oneness together in our relationships. But let me help by describing what I think is the opposite of unity in the Bible. Thanks, Rob. The opposite of unity in the Bible is to be anxious. And look at these meanings. To be anxious means to be troubled with cares. I think perhaps we can all relate to times when we've lost our peace because we've been troubled with cares. It also goes on to mean a deeper meaning, drawn in opposite direction, divided into parts, to go into pieces, um, pulled apart. That's what anxious means. And often it starts, anxiety starts in our head. We start to think about something, or what if this ha happens? And then it starts to go into our heart and have the feelings of anxiety. In our relationships, we might have a, uh, a fallout with someone and it starts to go into our heart 
we're anxious about that situation, that person, or we might have feelings of anger, resentment, bitterness. Different things that affect our heart. And suddenly, we're no longer united, that oneness, that one accord, that unity, that being of the same mind. But we're pulled apart. I'm so glad the Bible's got some stuff to teach us about how we can keep our unity and peace together. Unity is expected when peace is protected. Thanks, Rob. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to our first reading today, which is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 6, on screen for you. And uh, the Apostle Paul wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. And he's got some great stuff to tell us and teach us about what it is to be united. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, let's bear in mind that Paul isn't writing this from a hotel room. He's not writing it on a beach, hot country. He's writing it from prison. Many of his letters are written from prison. Philippians, Ephesians. He's writing, but he's passionate the church, wanting to encourage the church. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. How? With all lowliness and gentleness. That means humility. Gentleness means that gentle strength. With long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Hmm. So often we don't want to bear with one another, do we? (laughs) I'm right. I know my rights. Endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavouring meaning standing firm. To keep meaning to guard, to protect the unity of the Spirit. That means the unity, our source of unity comes from God. Can you remember, for those that might be Christians today, that time when you first came to a relationship with Jesus Christ? That peace you might have known, that joy you might have known, flood your heart. That came from the source of all joy and all peace. That's Father God, through the Spirit. Endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit, how? In the bond of peace. And here we see, for the first time, the bond of peace being, in, being explicitly linked with unity. Paul is saying to us, if you want to be united in your head, your heart, your relationships, then keep peace. Keep peace. And he goes on to say there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called and one hope you're calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And he's emphasising that point of oneness, unity, God's unity, God's united. Therefore, as the body of Christ, shouldn't we too be united? I look at that word there. I look at that word gentleness. And sometimes in our culture, we might see that word and think gentleness. Maybe as a guy in the room today, you might think gentle. I don't want to be gentle. I want to be tough. I want to be strong. But actually, that's the wrong meaning of that word. That word there means gentle strength. Has anyone ever ever seen the the Jeremy Kyle show on TV? Or or a chat show where there's an an argument happening and and he tries to resolve conflict. So what happens to Jeremy Kyle's show is Jeremy Kyle is interviewing someone on stage about something that someone backstage has done to them, some wrong. And you see the guy on TV screen or the the woman, they're getting really cross. I didn't say that. I never did that. And uh, they say, now we're going to welcome out on the stage the person backstage. They come on and ultimately they come on the bouncers are ready to, to protect a, a, a fight. They come on and go, Whoa, you know, I never said that. And what you see is you see teeth and you see aggression. <laughs> teeth and aggression. Because the world's way is if you want to be strong, portray 
strength, betray, aggression. But that's not what God says. God says gentleness is strength under control. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Strength under control. Meekness, strength, gentleness, same thing. Let's have our next Bible passage. Philippians chapter 4. Paul's writing, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. Which way? Well, he's got in verse 2 a couple of friends that have worked with him. Euodia and Syntyche. And suddenly, they're no longer in the same mind, which means they're no longer in agreement. Do you know what? What that means is you don't have to agree with everyone. Do you know what? It's okay not to agree with everyone. Isn't that good? Does that give you freedom? It's, not, it's okay. It's about how we disagree. It's learning to agree to disagree that can keep the bond of peace. I plead to be of the same mind in the Lord. That doesn't mean to say you agree, but it means you keep the peace in the Lord. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. There's that word again, gentleness, that gentle strength, that strength under control. Let it be evident to all. The Lord is near. You see, when we are in agreement as the church, when we are keeping the unity as the church, who sees? People that aren't yet Christians see. Jesus said to his disciples, by the love you have for one another, will the world know that you are my disciples? Not by buildings or projects or campaigns, but the love that we have for one another. Keeping that bond of peace. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't you hate that verse? <laughs> Do not be anxious about anything. Who gets anxious? All the hands go up. So then as soon as we we think we get anxious or uptight or a bit nervous about the future or maybe a bit of worry, then suddenly we think of that that Bible verse or a well-meaning Christian might remind us of that Bible verse. And does it help us? No. So what's that Bible verse in there for if we get anxious? Because we get anxious. So that Bible verse is not to condemn us when we get anxious, but to remind us, actually, when we do get anxious, there's something we can do about it. Do not be anxious about anything. Any paraphrase? But there will be times when you will get anxious. So when you do get anxious, do the following. In some situations, every situation. How? By prayer and petition. So prayer is your general prayer. Petition is your specific requests. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Paul's saying, you know, when we are anxious, there's something that we can do about it. And I love that. I love that. There's something we can do about it. When we start to lose our peace, when we get worried or uptight, when we've had a a disagreement with someone and we're worried about that, there's something we can do about that with God's help. Something we can do and something God will do. And God says, when you lose your peace, when you get anxious, when you get worried, when you lose your peace, pray about it. In every situation, pray. But not just that, because I'm sure in the room we have all prayed about situations. Lord, I'm worried about this job situation. I'm worried about someone might lose his job or 
not have enough money for this bill or we pray or we should pray but the joining thing is the and and by prayer thanksgiving thanking God and that goes a bit topsy-turvy doesn't it thanking God thanking God for the fact that you don't know whether you're going to keep your job thanking God that someone's mistreated you Thanking God that you've had a fallout with someone. Thanking God that you're worried about an exam result. Thanking God. But Paul says, pray and thank God in every situation. That's the bit that Paul is encouraging us to do. But you know what I love? There's the bit, there's the and in verse 7. This is the bit that God does for us. And do you know what, friends? I've, I've put this to the test myself. That day when it was all going off, I lost my peace. But there's been times when there's been even more drama in my life. And I've held on to my peace because I've obeyed this. And I'm sure many of the room of us have done this as well. And if we do that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Your head and your heart, your hearts and your minds, they'll be guarded in Christ Jesus with what a supernatural peace. Have you ever known a supernatural peace come upon your life, your feelings, your emotions, even though you're worried about, I don't know, a test result, a medical result, a financial crisis? In the difficult and darkest of times, it's possible to know a peace that transcends all understanding. Paul writes, Wow. Peace passes all understanding. Unity is expected when peace is protected. We've got to protect the peace in our lives at all costs. Because when we've got peace, then we know unity. Unity inside us, in our heads and our hearts, and unity in our relationships will be protected. Unity is more than just relationships. It's about you, your well-being, and our well-being together. Relationships in the church, relationships outside the church, where we are. So, what can we do about this? What can you do about this today? Thanks, Rob. Keep unity by protecting peace in three different areas. Number one, you can keep unity by protecting peace in your relationships. How? Live in harmony. Live in harmony. And do you know what? If we can just know what it is to, you know, in an orchestra there's different sounds, aren't there? There's a trumpet, there's a flute, and they play together. They're different, but because they're different, it makes a greater sound. If everything was a trumpet, if everything was a flute, it would be boring, wouldn't it? And here we're all different. Our personalities, our backgrounds, our experiences, our opinions... And sometimes we've got to learn to give way to each other. Give way. Learn to live. Sometimes we want to force our opinion. We want to be right. Do you know what? We don't always have to be right. And if we don't agree, we can dis- disagree in a right way. And that brings harmony in our relationships. In your relationships, we can be gentle and patient. The, pa- the word patient means long-suffering. It means waiting for a long time. Patience. I'm not always very good at patience. 
and I don't pray for patience. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not very good, and I'm, I'm learning there, Lord. Be gentle, be patient, patient. Knowing that not everyone's always on the same page. Be gentle, that word of strength under control. Someone's asking you to do something, you don't want to do it. You can agree to disagree in a nice way. Strength under control. You've got a disagreement, a different opinion, it's okay. You can keep your point of view, but be nice. We can be strong, but we can be nice, can't we? We can be strong, but we can be kind. Keep unity by protecting peace in your relationships. Next thing. Keep unity by protecting peace in your head and in your heart. Head and your heart. And these are the things which keep peace in our internal well-being. Because often it's the things we meditate on, the things we think about, which suddenly become an emotion, often on the negative, in our heart. It goes southward from our head to our heart and we start to worry, be anxious, cross, angry. Who's ever started the day one, one way? And you might have, someone's face might have come into your mind and there's some unresolved stuff there and suddenly some different thoughts have gone into your, into your heart and some feelings. I'm sure we've all been there because we've meditated on the wrong things. We can keep unity by protecting peace in our head and our heart. So number one, as Paul said, pray about it. God, I commit this situation to you. Would you help me to resolve it in the right way? Or I'm worried about this outcome. Lord, I commit this job situation to you. But don't stay there. Move on to the second thing. Thank God. God, I thank you for this difficult situation. I thank you for this relationship that has gone a bit wrong. I thank you, Lord, for this. I'm not sure about the future. I'm worried about it, but I thank you. And do you know what happened? I just start to thank him. Thank, thank God. I praise you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Right, you will know a peace. If you're not yet a Christian today, or you don't know where you stand with God, I, I encourage you even to try these things yourself. You might think, well, who am I praying to? Jesus loves you so much. Put him to the test. Say, Jesus, I'm praying about this difficult situation. And I thank you for the situation. And see if not, if peace of God does not guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Your head and your heart. And finally, we can keep unity by protecting peace in our relationships, our head and our heart, and also the church. Wow. Jesus said, by the love that you have for one another, will the world know that you are my disciples. He also said, prayed in, in John chapter 17, that as we are one, then the world will see that. And we see in Acts chapter 2, and verse 46, that because they were together, together, in one place at one time, but also together in the sense of like-minded passions. That's what that word means. Together, the church grew. I want to encourage this church to be together. Together means we join together at different times when we can. So when we can, come to a prayer meeting. Come to a prayer meeting. Everything within you will say, I don't want to go to a prayer meeting because EastEnders is on. Or your favourite TV program. Or you're tired. But get to a prayer meeting if you can. Gather together. Gather together if you can. Wherever there's opportunity, be at the same place at the same time. That is togetherness. But also, let's have the same desires. What does that mean? We want people to be saved, don't we? 
We want people to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We want people's lives to be changed. We want families to be transformed. They might be, in the, even in the street, families that are struggling. We know people that are struggling at the moment. But the community can be transformed because Jesus lives in you and I by his spirit. And as we keep the togetherness and the unity of the spirit, the church can grow. Because people are watching how we conduct ourselves and the love that we have for one another. Keep unity by protecting your relationships, your head and your heart, and unity in the church. Church, we are united. It's a declaration of who we are as a church. We are together. It's up to us to keep that togetherness. It's up to you as an individual to keep that togetherness in your head and your heart in difficult situations. But just imagine the next time a crisis happens and you're worried about the future and you think, God, I'm going to pray and I'm going to thank you for that situation. Imagine what the outcome could be for you. Imagine in your relationships, next time there's a bit of a disagreement and you think, hang on, I need to keep peace here. And you learn and remember to agree to disagree nicely. That the fact you can keep that relationship, you don't have to hide from that person. Imagine next time that you're, you're just worried about the future or concerning your heart and you just know the peace of God. Imagine that this church can be and maintain its, its unity through our relationships and by joining together, joining together at key times when we can, just to pray, to be together. Let me encourage you as well. Church isn't just about this service. Church, we are the church. And after service, we have refreshments. And that is also an important time where we connect with each other. And let me encourage you to encourage other people in their walk, in their faith, meeting new people, because that's what family does. That's what church is all about. Unity is expected where peace is protected. We pray. Unity is expected where peace is protected. But we just know that, God, we want to be a church that is united. Because unity of the Spirit in a bond of peace is something you long for in your church. And that the world is looking about how we conduct our lives and ourselves. And that people can come into relationship just by how they see how other people who have a faith in you live. And I pray this morning for, for all of us, myself included this morning, for all of our relationships, all of our situations and circumstances, those unexpected things that come into our lives that cause us to rob our peace, those relationship difficulties at times. I pray that you would help us, above all, to guard our peace, to protect our peace, to have our mind stayed on you. You'll keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on you. Help us to keep you as our focus, Lord. Lord, we need you. We love you. Why don't you wear your city? Why don't you just ask God in the quietness of your heart? Maybe as a, your response today, maybe ask him to help you to keep this peace. It's not always easy. But through prayer and through thanksgiving, it can happen in your life too. You invite God right now just to help you. Whether you're going through a situation now, if you're not, 
I promise you, you will do, because that's life. And in this world, we will have trouble, Jesus said. But fear not, I have overcome the world. Bless your people this morning, Lord. Help us to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.